Welcome to Supernatural Junkies, where we have candid God talk about all topics that seem off limits to the church. I'm Alex, and I'm super. And I am Dr. Kevin, and I am the natural. Except for the Grecian formula, I'm still holding on to that. And I am Pastor Rob, and I am the junkie, of course, again. And we are the, the Supernatural, Supernatural junkies. junkies. A little late on that, Rob. I thought she was just doing yeah, it. Yeah, me too. Uh, we were we all, can't decide. You're the only one with microphones. Well, why are we all arguing about this? Hello, everyone, and welcome back. If you heard episode one, thanks for coming back. If it's the first time, you'll definitely want to go back and listen to episode one. How is everyone doing? I'm Pastor Rob, by the way. How are you doing, Dr. Cruz? Well, I had the day off. Mm. That doesn't mean I really had the day off. Everybody knows what that means. Yes, sir. <laughs> How many errands did I do? Let's see. <laughs> How about you, baby? Who's baby? Oh, oh Alex. This nobody special. puts baby in the corner. That's what? right. <laughs> nobody puts me in a corner. Okay. Wait, you you really are in the corner. I kind of am. She literally I, is. I guess you'll have to switch sides. Yeah. Uh, okay, my name is Alex. It's not really baby. That's well, it's my middle name, Alex Baby Cruz. <laughs> she does have baby hands. Don't forget that. <laughs> hey, actually, I've always thought I had big man hands. No, I mean she has a fake pair of little baby hands that she wow. takes out every once in a I, while. Really? I I do because. I mean, I don't know. That sounds like a weird, you know. Do you have those on you right now? I, I think Wyatt borrowed them yesterday. Oh, he's like, okay. The kids think they're great, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're I good for the, you know, the animals to put on them. And, and there's an addition to the podcast, too. I, I'm looking in front of you. There's a new, who's who's that? that oh, that's my little, um, Asia, little um, vintage bobblehead. Isn't that fun? <laughs> awesome. Yeah. yeah. I have the, I have her husband, too. It's just put away in one of these uh you know, we haven't fully unpacked my studio yet, so. She probably has a husband, you know, bobblehead voodoo doll that she stands right. every once in a while, you know. And once you, in a while, you, every you day. Get, you get shoved in the closet too once in a while and can't come out and play like. He's probably in the freezer. <laughs> <laughs> the freezer. Well, you guys ready to jump into this or All right. what? Do it. Well, I'll give you a little review from last week. You know, probably, you know, we talked about the COVID narrative and how it's a deception. And we're going to get more into some of the stuff that that leads us in that direction. Um, But we also talked about who's behind it, you know, and how ultimately, if you really look at what's going on in the world and the Bible says there's a one world government coming. But the biggest obstacle to that is the United States of America. And it's really strange that Americans have no sense um, that we have enemies in the world and these enemies now are in our head. You know, again, we talked about a couple of, uh, of movies and we talked about um, uh, one of them was called Disinformation. And then even uh, the general, um, I can't remember, last name was McManus, uh, came out with a book and talked about how we are at war. And it's a it's really an information war. So this guy is as high up in the, the army as you can really be. And it really is for the mind and heart. So this is this is who's behind it. And we talked about how. You know, communism ultimately is all about dividing and conquering. That's how they got communism. Now they're doing it to us racially. Now they're also doing it to us over even a vaccine. The world's being divided between those who've taken it and those who haven't. So one thing we didn't really mention is that the financial ruin is another way. I mean, you think about money, sex, and in-laws as as how you destroy marriages. Mm -hmm. So you think about the finances of America. You know, we were literally at an all-time high. And now here we are going into maybe some record lows. 
Right, right. So, I remember that. The last presidential address was incredible. I mean, there was nothing negative. Everything was just amazing so much where Nancy Pelosi even ripped up the speech afterwards. She was so <laughs> devastated that things were going so well. And so, and then, boom. And right. I, I was saying today, how many conversations end with, and then COVID hit. Right. And yeah, so there's that. So this is this is where we've been, and we do have enemies in the world. And the Bible says, you know, that we're going to see this this emergence of a worldwide government. And so this obstacle, the biggest obstacle to that, is the United States of America. And so we are seeing the decline of that. And uh, of course, if you watch or know anything about Jonathan Kahn and the Harbingers, you know that you know, America has it coming. And and this could be, again, that's how they're going to allow this to happen is they have enticed America. Um, there's really just no sin practically that America, that's really out there that America hasn't said, hey, yeah, that's not only is that, you know, not sin, it's great. We, we should do that all the time. <laughs> so uh, this is judgment. We, we really could be in for something like that. And really deserve, actually, I hate to say. So if we go back and, you know, think about, you know, where this started, I mean, I think we were all pretty scared at first, but, you know, and same thing in Florida, they didn't require masks until really um, like late June, really. So it'd been going on for quite some time, you know, and this is a big, you know, this is the say one thing, do another. Now we're finding out with the emails the same way, but even the WHO, the CDC and Dr. Fauci initially said, yeah, don't worry about those masks. Right. And so this is where, you know, here we are perpetuating a lie by putting something over our face. And so this was brought out by the American Association of Physicians and Surgeons, where they're basically saying this this virus is 800 times too small to be, you know, stopped by these masks. So, again, it's yet another facade and we're all forced to, to really wear it. So go ahead. Well, I don't. I think I mentioned this last time, right? The email, that, right? Where he was saying that, you know, that he wrote an email, Doctor Fauci, uh, Tony, right? Didn't we? Tony, yeah, 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 he's Tony now. Tony yeah. Montana. Right. Tony now, he's Tony. Right, Tony. I just watched saying. that the other night, by the way. Scarface. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, that he was saying that he knows, like that email from February 2020, that uh, the masks don't work, so don't bother wearing them. Uh, right, that they only stop. Uh, you from what if you have it well really it just doesn't work at all it's it's a size situation (laughs) you know right it's It's always about size yes right right. and so it's also about filtering you know what can it filter the truth is there are no masks on the market that can filter something that small even the sn95 max are really again incapable about three four times too small you know the british journal of medicine also came out with a systematic review of the of really the mass and again it wasn't done in this country so it can't be biased right oh, of course not <laughs> so here's what they did they did 31 eligible studies okay and including 12 randomized controlled trials and basically here's what happened they found that overall mask wearing both in general and by infected members within households seemed to produce small but statistically non-significant infection rates so the bottom line is they said the evidence does not sufficiently support the masks and this is also a conclusion that they made in the paper now that those statements really took i mean honestly maybe one paragraph out of seven or eight pages from there, they really argued that we should wear masks because of precaution. Maybe, just maybe, somehow. But again, 
precaution is something that's very difficult that we need to argue and do mandates over simple precautions like for example wearing a helmet when you ride what a bicycle or a, a, a motorcycle a motorcycle yeah. Mm. So that's kind of an invasion. They also did another, uh, they had another uh, category of tests, and these were also randomized controlled trials, and this was between 1946 and 2018. And again, they found no significant reduction in influenza. So these randomized trials did not support a substantial effect in transmission. So, you know, this is a systemic review of all the literature, and again, they absolutely have no science behind masks. And, and then there's the size issue, you know, so it really becomes, you know, kind of uh, a silly. Yeah, even if you wear three of them, like you were saying, do for a while. You were saying earlier about eight so times. Stupid. I guess you have to wear 800 masks for it to work. I, well, and you could see it, it really becomes silly once you see his emails. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So the other one that people are not aware of, you know, they were having an influenza outbreak in Canada, and the nurses' union were, they, you either had to get the vaccine or you had to wear a mask. And the nurses' union won a lawsuit. Again, remember, Canada is so free. They have free speech up there. They get to whatever. No, they don't. Thanks but us. the nurses' <laughs> union won the lawsuit against mm. them because they can prove scientifically that these masks are not going to work against influenza. So this is very much the same thing. Remember, the CDC does not even differentiate between COVID, the flu, and pneumonia. So it's, it's really all one thing at this point. Mm. So, I mean... Probably nothing more irritating than wearing a mask this last year. Well, I was reading uh, today, uh, you know, because now that those emails have been leaked, and I mean, not that they've been leaked, because it was, you know, freely given um, for the <laughs> FOIA Act, right? Um, but now that that's happened, there was an article that I saw today. Uh, it was about 11 days ago that it came out, actually debating the difference be between, like, aerosol spray from like coughs and droplets and how those masks the difference between like does it protect you from the aerosol spray from a sneeze or the droplets that might come out of your mouth you're like if we're doing that if like seriously you're going to have to define and differentiate like the aerosol spray of a sneeze or the droplets from your nose you're like it, have we gone too far really that's so ridiculous well and again it'd be one thing it'd be one thing if the narrative was true but it's not no you know and that's what we're really trying gets, to justify now i mean the fact that they lump them all together tells you they really can't even differentiate between the two even with the tests so and then this is what we covered the last time that basically in the 2017 2018 flu season 2.54 million people died of only pneumonia so if you add in the flu from that year, which could easily be up to 650,000 people, you had 3.1 million people dying in six month period of time. So you think, man, you know, COVID took almost a year and a half to do the same thing. Right. So this and is they didn't not have a like a ticker on the side 24 seven, like at CNN did too, you know, like they had that ticker of how many deaths there were a day and then it just glued to it. They never did that with the flu or anything like that. Just to just blow this all out of proportion too. Right. Well, in that article, part one, two, I also covered how John Hopkins, uh, again, analyzed the, the COVID death rates in 2019. And again, the first article they wrote out said that there wasn't even any increased deaths in the at-risk group. So mm -hmm. this is, is very troubling. Now, they've tried to revise that article and tried to uh, change some of the numbers. But again, the numbers really speak for themselves. We just, we just don't have a lot more dead people in this year of a pandemic. So to me, just even looking at the definition of a pandemic, it's very difficult to say that we met those criteria. 
Right, that's pretty sad when you're looking for death numbers. We don't have enough. Give us more. Give us more. Right. So we we're more not dead people. <laughs> we're not trying to say it isn't real. We're trying to say that it's not statistically different. Right. And then there's the numbers issues, and this is probably something you know. There's many places you can get this. You know, I've already checked the story out, but Dr. Andrew Kaufman was the first guy. I really listened to, and he explained it. And then he talked about a guidance change, that before all this happens, the CDC puts out a guidance change. And the big difference in the guidance change is straightforward. They said you could put on a death certificate, line one, if you will, based upon suspicion. Now, we have never done death certificates based upon suspicion, right? So, I mean, there's unknown causes and so on and so forth. The other thing that happened is normally underlying conditions, um, they're what goes on line one because they're the thing that lowers the body's uh, health to the point where normal healthy people don't die of certain things, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So this is why this is important. So all of a sudden, if, if they take the underlying condition, which is usually number one, and they move it to number two, that's what they did. Right. So they changed the way we counted deaths just going into this thing. And that should have never happened. And it had been like 50 years, right? I Absolutely. Mean, 50, it had been 50 years. It just suddenly changed the way they do things. Exactly. And it's not just that. You know, when you look at the, when you look at the overall numbers, um, it's designed to perpetuate an idea that normal, healthy people are dying of this. Right. You know, people are literally, again, you, you start to look at people 20 and under, and they're more likely to be struck by lightning. Right. So in here we have, they've lost an entire year and a half of school, some of these kids. They've had to wear masks, right? And this is the kind of gross, to me, that's a crime against humanity. And the doctors in this country need to absolutely apologize that this is uh, the wool has really been pulled over our eyes. Well, they do. I mean, think about that. I remember back to my high school years, even though they're not that long ago. But I mean, I remember my senior year. Not that I, long ago. What? <laughs> Come on, Rob. Well, based on that picture he sent me the other day, I, I, I would have thought he was just still yes, in his twenties. No, still in my twenties. <laughs> but no, I mean, I remember literally the last two months of my high school, my senior year. I do, I mean, those are times I'll never forget with my friends, friends I've never seen since that graduation day, the prom, the whole experience, and that was taken away from millions of kids, and that's just not right. So you're you right, know, an apology, you're right, that makes sense, yeah. So, and it wasn't just that they changed the rules, then all of a sudden, because I think that wouldn't alone would have produced these numbers, then they came out, and again, the CDC made the change in the rules, but then insurance companies, and not just insurance companies, but the federal government, Medicare, Medicaid, begin to pay exorbitant amount of money more for normal things. So you have two people sitting in the hospital, one has pneumonia and the other one has COVID pneumonia. And again, if they put the one on a respirator, you could be talking about $20,000 of difference. Mm -hmm. So I, I've had literally people that do billing for hospitals multiple. And they said, we retooled our entire billing department just so that we could what? Take advantage of these COVID monies. Now, all of that was also the CDC director actually admitted that. That's also something you'll find in that article on allpropastors.com. So I'm sorry, not .com, it's .org. Org, .org. Yeah. So, you know, you start to really realize what's happened. Now, if you look at July or August, I can't remember when they came out with that infamous statistic, and it's finally really where they admitted the truth. And the truth is that 94% of the people that died of COVID had other comorbidities, right? So that means that they had underlying conditions. And only 6% of the people died without any of those underlying conditions. Now, if it was based on the old rules, 
that means only 6% of those people would have been diagnosed as dying from COVID. So what's 6% of a half million people? 30,000 people. Well, that's not enough numbers to get anybody panicked. And there's many things that were done really to, to make this happen. I know early in late summer again, early fall, New York, New Jersey had up to 40% of all the deaths in the whole country. And you think, well, what happened there, right? Well, we know one of the things that they did is they put people that were at risk, right? People that were COVID patients and they put them in nursing homes. The one population you absolutely can't do. I mean, if there's one thing we learned from Italy, right? Okay, so Laura Menard, an ICU and critical care nurse, in an interview, she was talking about that in Italy, and I know Dr. Wolfgang Woodard was also stating that one of the things that both noticed was that the age of the patients in Italy was that they were what you would expect to that age. People would die of natural causes. They were not any older or younger. Actually, they were older, right? Those people would have died of natural causes. So that was one of the things that like it wasn't any crazier, right? It wasn't like they were so young that, oh, and they died. And you know, that's might sound like an ugly thing to say, but that's the truth. The other thing that um, uh, Laura, being an ICU nurse noticed was that it was mandated that they had to put everyone that came in with COVID on ventilators. Right, and, and once they go on ventilators, I mean, yeah. the chances of surviving. Mm -mm. One of the interesting things she said, tell her about what she said about before COVID came out. Oh yeah, she's uh, she now she is also a nurse advisor and instructor, and she was actually an advisor and is for Pfizer, and um, she said that one of the protocols that was introduced to them six months before the pandemic ever hit, so before that was even introduced, before they'd heard about it, that the word asymptomatic was introduced into their protocols, and they had to start using it now. She found that very confusing, as did the rest of the nurses that she worked with, because she said that doesn't make any sense. Because in order, in terms of having the flu, for someone to be asymptomatic, that would mean that the they're carrying such a high um, threshold of the virus that they, they can actually pass it on to other people, but that it's not high enough for them to feel it. She's like, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Right, well, they're going to be in bed. Right. Yeah, they're not going to be able to stand so, up. Right, so she said that makes zero sense and that the other nurses and her, and she's been a nurse for a while, she couldn't understand like what that term meant. Well, they had to prepare us because, again, once you understand that 80% of the people that test positive for COVID are actually asymptomatic. Right, right, <laughs> now, Think right, about right. that. First she's like, that all, term should not exist. Right. It doesn't right. make any sense when it comes to a but, virus. But think about this. Why, if somebody was asymptomatic, why would we have all these asymptomatic people getting tested for something? Because they're scared to death, right? right. And then even when they are testing positive, again, they, they're asymptomatic. And so this is, they needed this specific terminology to pull all this off. Right. right. Yeah, they had to come up with it. Right. Yeah. So again, you know, this is where you go, well, okay, once you can prove that the COVID narrative is false, again, it's not that it's it's not real, it's that it's not as, um, it's not statistically different. And then you have to ask yourself, okay, well, just what we talked about now, who's in on this? Right. I mean, you know, you tell me. 
Yeah, well, I mean, if you look at it, is it Joe Biden? Is it Donald Trump? I mean, every conservative, every liberal, every television, everywhere we turn, it's there. So who is it? Really, we can't trust any source except for one, and that obviously is the Bible. There you go, the Bible. (laughs) So read your Bibles, people. Read your Bibles. Well, your app. And now you can see here the CDC, okay, is partially in on it you have to say the the cdc director really helped us out with several admissions one of the other ones that he admitted was right. that the kids were completely more safe being in school than anywhere else he admitted right away that the numbers were being cooked right he yep. admitted that it happened before with you know aids and hiv so there's a lot of things that that did but he's since resigned <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Resign. My first picture of the new new lady was she's just practically crying on TV, saying about how scared she is. Uh, I don't blame her. So, because um, the COVID numbers are going to grow up, so mm. you know these are all the things that are happening. But you know, you think about health insurance companies, right? They had to decide to give a lot more money for something. Well. When's the last time you tried to get any procedures approved from your health insurance company? <laughs> not, not exactly easy, you know. So you think about what it has accomplished as well. Um, you know, we have overturned an incumbent president. We've literally closed the church doors. I mean, churches are hurting around the country. Yes. You know, we, we have nine plus trillion dollars of debt, right? That goes towards destroying America. Uh, again, we had the greatest economy we'd ever seen here in this country. Um, you think about even now the church is being divided, whether you should close or not be closed, whether you should wear masks or not wear masks, right? And then you think about now whether to get a vaccine or, or not to get the vaccine. Yeah, it's a it's pretty scary. I mean, you know, going back to the stimulus checks and what those have done, what is there, two or three have gone out, I believe? Yes, what, you two know. Or three? And, you know, what that does to the U.S. dollar, if you just have it in your savings account, it goes down 2% a year now. That's right. what it's done to our U.S. dollar. Yes, and, and who would want U.S. dollars? You know, we are the currency of the world, but right. you can see why China us. China and Russia are arguing, right, right. for United Nations dollars. So, right. you know, but you look at the religious freedoms. I mean, Ugh. they closed churches. Yeah. People in Canada are going to jail. Mm. This is just one country over. You know, we had Californians where they couldn't go to Bible studies. Right, I but mean, strip like, clubs were open, though. That's right. In fact, <laughs> some, of the, some, of the yeah, churches, some of the churches Sad. were declaring themselves temporary strip clubs wow just so they could be open so mm. you, you know that's the day where you realize clearly there's some kind of and there's a few problems there's a few problems mm. here so but god you know he has warned us of all of this thing and you think back to probably second thessalonians uh 2 9 through 11 read that whole chapter but the big one to me is is mm. it and it says because they refused the love of the truth that would have saved them for this reason, God will send them a powerful delusion so that they believe a lie, so that judgment may come upon all those who have disbelieved the truth and delighted in wickedness. So you think about this, God is is also allowing this to happen. Right. And he has, you're going to see here today, I'm going to use three passages that talk about deception. And if there's one thing the church won't talk about is deception. You talk about Bible prophecy, what's coming in the future, and all everybody tells you is some paradigm that somehow they they know what's going to happen next. And it's just completely ridiculous. We The Bible wasn't given for us to be able to predict the future. The Bible was given to us so that we would know when the future is here. Right. And it's a big difference. And what to look out for. 
Exactly. And like you said, and also the only thing I'll hear about it is, well, God's still on the throne. Well, of course God's still on the throne. Yeah. He, he is. All, but that's all you'll really get from the pulpit, unfortunately. And, yeah. and I'm a pastor, so I mean, I'm I'm not trying to criticize the church and whatnot, but it, it, is, a, it is a problem, and we need to uh, step up our game, the church does. Well, I like that other one, Matthew 24, 24. It says that for false prophets and false messiahs will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the very elect. And we're going to be talking about deception on this show. And this is what nobody talks about in the church. I mean, it really is. You go from one doctrine to the other, people have it all mapped out about what's going to happen next as if they really know. Right. And and then nobody will talk about the deception. And when I talk about the mark of the beast, people will go, well, won't it have a label on it? <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah. You know, as if there can be no deception about what the mark of the beast really is. And uh, so it's it's really difficult sometimes in talking with Christians because they they have all these preconceived ideas. And the more I study my Bible, and especially Bible prophecy, I'm... I'm less convinced about what I know is going to happen next. Well, it's true. I mean, you figure Satan's been around for quite a while now. Yeah, I mean, and he's good at what he does. I hate to say it, but he's pretty darn lies. good. Yeah, he's good with what right? he's done. He's had a lot of practice. Oh, yeah. And like, you know, he's going to come up and be like, would you like some Mark of the Beast? Mark <laughs> yeah. of the Beast for you. Mark of the Beast. And you're like, I mean, is that, I think, I feel like sometimes when they think that's how it's going to happen, you'd be like, oh, no, no. Th- oh, is that Mark of the Beast? Oh, no, thank you. Right. Is that, is that what you guys think it's going to happen like? Because really? I, I think if it came at you like that, you'd be like, oh, hell's to the no. Right, right. right? Now, I don't think it's going to happen like that, folks. Yeah, I no, so. I, don't, I don't think so either. I don't think so either. And, and I, think what the, I think what the problem is is that people really never thought things like this could happen in our lifetime, maybe. Right. Like, oh, I bet your children's children, I mean, things are so bad right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe your children's or your children's children, you know, talking to your kids. And I, I mentioned this last show, but for those of you who didn't listen to last time, <laughs> when I was talking to my son, He's I'm going to repeat better. this. This not one, better. not at all, not at all for not listening. But I want to repeat this one because I think it's worth saying is my son. Um, he's only 11 and a half. And I, and I said to him, you know, you know, but I think things are getting kind of tough. I said, um, Jesus may be coming back soon. And he said, um, Dad, I think Jesus is coming back next month. That's what he said. And he's 11. <laughs> and a half so think about that for a minute well you know and i like to use the illustration that where in the world could you go right where you're we're going where lots of people are there and everybody's talking and then you hear special speakers and you hear regular speakers and not one time in that year did you hear anything about covid about mass right mm-hmm. or any i mean just nothing from the pulpit almost yeah. as if you know, I don't know. It's just, are, are they living the light? Are they in the same country and the same mm, planet as the rest yeah. of us? You know, and I mean, I've just walked out of there many times going, great sermon. I just, I'm not, that's just not what's happening. Right, right. And you ask yourself, why? I mean, are you afraid to be wrong? Are you afraid collections will go down? I mean, what exactly are you afraid of? Well, you know, and I, I use a pretty simple, and I'll, I'll use this a lot. It comes from Luke 21, and basically it's when Jesus says, when you see these things happening. Not if. When, mm-hmm. right? And then, then it says, lift up your heads, right? And this is what, you know, probably the reason I'm involved in starting this podcast is because these things are happening. Right. And, and people aren't talking about it. Our Bibles are happening, and people are absolutely not saying anything. And especially with regard to the COVID narrative and especially with regard to this vaccine. Right. Absolutely. And just yeah. like you're saying, I think like pastors that are around now is you're here for this time. Yeah. I mean, the time is now, in my opinion. 
And if, if it's not, like you say, it's the precursor or whatever, but we need to really start reading our Bibles, and that's what prophecy is for. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's also go time. Yeah. I mean, you know, you have the, the time where you're in boot camp, right? Right. But then there's another time when you actually face an enemy and now mm. the bullets start flying. Yes. And so this is the time for those people that claim to be our leaders as, as Christians, you know. And I love Andy Stanley, for example, but, you know, he was saying he was embarrassed about the mm. churches that refused to close. Mm. But, you know, when Rodney Howard Brown didn't close here in Tampa, um, you know, I totally understood. I was like, yeah, I totally get this. I, I kind of hope he went all the way. But, you know, he had some threats to his family, right? Right. Sure. So, you know, these are real world things. And uh, certainly uh, if that had happened to me, I would have been closing. But I know lots of pastors that have never closed one day. Not one day. So. Right. And he actually has this service. I want to say he's right at day 363. It'll almost be a year that he's been open and done a service in a row. I think yeah. he's on day 363 or something I saw just huh. yesterday. So he's almost exactly a year. Wow. It, you know, and there's so much confusing information out there, right? And if you turn on the TV, you, you have to keep in mind that what mainstream media is showing you is such a small, small slice of what's actually the truth, you know? And if you, you know, and maybe a lot of people aren't cued into that so you know there's some great documentaries out there um the origin of aids mm -hmm. is a great one it's a scary one <laughs> but it, it tells you the truth about maybe some things about vaccines that you maybe weren't so aware of um i would watch that one it's free on prime and also there's some stuff on let's see the creepy line which has some information about google and how we consume news and how that skews um what you're seeing and also the social dilemma that has some great information. And if just watching some of those things, it might show you about how these um, AI and bots cater to what maybe you're seeing. And it, I mean, Google, for instance, what it does is it uh, has AI dedicated to just you. Every person that has a social media presence has AI dedicated to just you. And so it learns what you like. Even if there's an ad that every time you come online on your phone, whatever you're on, it knows how long you spent looking at that ad. And so and so it gets better and better every time you go online. It says, oh, that person looked, you looked at, like, Rob, you looked at that ad for five seconds. And so the next time you go online, it tries to figure out what made you look at that and caters to everything you see. And so let's say you looked at a YouTube video. And so the next time you go on, it kind of learns your preferences and only shows you that thing. Right. And that's why people nowadays, it seems like, oh, they seem so polarized. Well, that's why. Because it... Even and so AI doesn't understand between what is truth and what is like um, hyperbole or maybe uh, uh, what like it doesn't know what fake news is. Ooh, that's good. That's right? good. It does know how to decipher that. I never thought right. about that. But, but so, it does seem to know which kind of news it wants you to see. Yeah, it, it does. No, no, but it, it does, also, but, but it doesn't I, yeah. seem to understand like what fake news is, what real news is, and what a, a spoof video is. And so sometimes it's showing you things that are like maybe a video, YouTube video that's like somebody just made something up, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And it can show people that. that. So it can show people very polarizing information because if it knows that you like this information, it'll keep going down that rabbit hole. Right. And like, let's say, um, so, and that's why people seem so widely divided, right? Well, I can say when I do a lot of research on vaccines and especially anything regarding the mark of the beast, you cannot find it on Google. 
It just mm. doesn't come up. Well, and, and, all, well, and it also it, talked know? about a lot about Google and <laughs> yes. why Google searched the way it is. And right. Google search is very set up so that you don't bother going to the last searches. It does popularity contests, basically, right? right? right, right. And it, it has a very leftist slant to it oh, on sure. purpose. Sure. That really comes out in the creepy line. He shows oh, you yeah. how they use Google to completely and steer Yahoo. elections. Mm. Uh, yeah, and it's it's actually a really frightening thing. Um, so and so when people say, "Well, I use Google to search," don't use Google to search. It's duck, really duck, go. Yeah, I started using Duck Duck Go, go to now. the duck. Uh, and also Google, by the way, if you use Gmail, Google, um, they read every single one of your incoming and outgoing emails. They oh actually, boy, I guess I better cancel okay. my account tonight. And then. They, tra- they track you mm. unless you turn off tracking. Did you know that? I did not. know No, that. they track everything that you do, where you go. Um, uh, maps everything and it's active unless you actively turn it off it wow. is it's gross um so guys just you know that's one of those things you need to know well the social dilemma is really amazing as well because they really get down to it saying that accidentally they're actually afraid right this is happening by accident of creating a civil war right now that's crazy they know exactly what right, they're they doing, do. hmm. right? They are trying to divide America. And here you have a it's show. Marxism. Look yeah. it up. Exactly. <laughs> no, that's yeah. what they're trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. So these are, we weren't divided enough too, you know? Right. And this is the people that are in the know. And again, these people are in power. You know, when they went in and tried to shut our president down, okay, no matter who he is, I mean, he should be able to have some kind of presence on the internet. So Apple, Google, Amazon go on to shut Parler down, any conservative. Right. These are companies are, are playing games with, with America. Companies are telling us what we're allowed to do. You know, Ford and GM. Hey, I'm a Ford guy. <laughs> and uh, man, when they're going into Michigan and telling them about what they should do for, for you know, voter reform, that is crossing a line. You know, they shouldn't be involved politically in that way. You know, let the process go. And and that should be frightening to all of us because uh, when freedom of speech becomes subjective instead of objective, and right now, like if you're on the other side and you go, that's great. Yes, for now it's great because it's on your side. But when it's no longer on your side, at one point, trust me, it will Mm. no longer be on your side. It's an entirely different story. And that's why we have to protect freedom of speech. Because at some point, believe me, that paradigm will shift and it won't be on your side. So a freedom of speech should protect everybody's freedom of speech, even if you don't agree. Remember like when you were growing up and you used to think your parents were so crazy and you could you could sit there and go, and they would just look at you and go, I don't agree with you, but you still had the freedom to say it. And, and that you have to think of freedom of speech that way. They'd be like, you're crazy, but you, so you can still disagree and still allow that person to say what they're going to say, right? That is what that freedom of speech is. That's that moment of like, you know what? I still love you, but I don't agree with you, right? <laughs> right, well, and I know, I know you're gonna start trying to reel us back in now, but I do wanna say something about that. That's, that's so good, because what they're, what they're doing is they're kind of shutting down to where we can't even have conversations about things. Right. And when you get to that part, that's when problems that, are really, scary. nothing can get solved then. Exactly. Because without communication, it's not going to happen. And that's what it's coming you to You have now. to be able to hear the other side. Right, To right. come to a middle ground. Right. Right. And right. have a balanced and world. Right. And they're putting that in there. And speaking of um, uh, censorship, <laughs> there's one more thing here. I got to say this. I, uh, I know we opened the rabbit hole a little no, bit. This but important. this is good, right? This is important. I think it's important. Yeah. So I got this one. Okay. So I just read today that, you know, the censorship, even of our own president. 
Donald Trump, they just now, Facebook says, you know, it was indefinitely. Oh, wait, about, you, do you still think Donald Trump's our he's president? He's our president. Don't you know we have two? Haven't you I heard? I mean, I wish he were. Haven't you heard? I do wish you. Well, and the Manchurian like, candidate what? argument seems to be looking better. <laughs> they do. It, it, it means the prophets didn't get it wrong, right? Oh, that's going another place. But anyways, um, <laughs> but what I was going to say is they indefinitely, they finally, have you seen this? His sentence is two years. So he's allowed ba- back on Facebook in two years. They'll reopen his this account. Is so ridiculous. That just came out. I believe that was a couple of days ago. So, so, so I'm gonna actually uh, coax a, a robism out. You know? <laughs> oh yes. You think about okay. You know we're Christians, right? How are Christians supposed to be handling this, right? Mm-hmm. So when we think, well, how what would Jesus do? <laughs> Rob, Jesus is the perfect what? Oh, I was taking a drink. You got me during the drink. <laughs> you see that? He, he, you know, I'm so he told sorry. me I that he gets his, me up. Sorry. His, throat, his throat gets dry, but I'm like, that's a big cup over there, Rob. You sure? You're sure? Your Dr. Throat's... Pepper. It is. Uh, my Dr. Pepper wants to sponsor us, by the way. <laughs> yeah, oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> oh, so Jesus so... is the what? Perfect <sighs> well, uh, model, Friends. gentleman, gentleman. Oh, oh. I, I say that all the time. Jesus, Jesus is the perfect gentleman. I yes. say that all the time with choices, and yes. yeah, we need and to so go you, back and edit that because so I want to redo on that. So you think I say it about all the time. this? You know, I mean, we are all opinionated on this show, and I, I love to use that verse that it says, you know, that let it, all of us be fully convinced in our own mind, but right. at the same time. We have to be willing to back off. And remember that if, what's the one thing love wouldn't do? Love would not take away our choice. Right. It can't even right. be love. Right. If, if, it's, if you don't have a choice, then it isn't love. And so what are Christians supposed to be spreading? And we have to show people that if we take people's choices away, then what we are really doing is we're hating. Mm-hmm. Because love, even though it doesn't love what you're doing and what you're saying, it right. does allow you to, to say it. And this is why Christians need to stand up. And this is how we can do it, right? We can show them that this is, you know, hate. Right. right. Control is not love. Right. Yes. Absolutely not. Yeah. And so that's the one thing that love would never do. It would never take away your choices. So you think about this and, you know, the COVID deception is like a magic show. And you think about what's really happening. There's so much going on. It's kind of like, I don't know if anybody's been to... Um, What's that one place we go? La Nuba in Orlando. That's Cirque du Soleil. We've been once. I know. Oh, wait, twice. (laughs) That place we go. It's so hilarious because they have... In 16 years. (laughs) It's so memorable. You guys have been married 16 years? 17 what? Is 16? it 17? 17? Is it going on 17? I think it's going on 17. You're supposed to just shake your head. Oh yes. my gosh, it doesn't feel like more than 30. Wow. Yeah, yep. 30 yeah. years. Interesting. <laughs> oh, what were we talking about? The what in Orlando? So when you watch <laughs> one of those shows, they have multiple acts going on at the same time. It's amazing. Oh. And you're like, wait a minute. this is It's really overstimulation. And so say, you like think it. about, you know, what did Hitler design? He designed Blitzkrieg, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to hit them from every angle, every angle one yep. so that maybe the one I'm really trying to get through makes it through and mm. this is exactly they are hitting us every single way so you think about this agenda mm, that's good that's good and the offhand and so again pay no attention to the man behind the curtain that's right totally <laughs> but you know you have to say that you look at the democrat republican thing in our country and certainly we need these voices from both sides but the bottom line is at the end of the day some of this is like a good cop bad cop routine 
the bottom line is that Trump is the one who stamped the uh, the order. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. He's the one who made some of these things. He's the one who made the vaccine possible, even though right. it wouldn't come out when he was president. It would come out the day after the election. Right. I mean, that tells you that's the most ridiculous. That's ridiculous, right? But the point is, whether you're Republican or Democrat, what's the end? What's the end solution to the entire COVID narrative? If the COVID narrative is false, what's the final solution that they're proposing? The vaccine. Right. And whether you're Republican or Democrat, officially what? They're pro-vaccine. Uh, let me just because I, I found this today in looking through. So uh, this goes back to the ventilators. Right. So the ventilators from the very beginning. Right. This was something that was mandated. Right. At hospital policy said you had to put people on ventilators. And several of the interviews with ER nurses, doctors, they all knew pretty quickly putting people on ventilators was almost assured death like um and they were saying like um that is something that you know you don't put people on especially when they are walking talking and upright and that putting people on ventilators was a death sentence right um and keeping them on that long and they said in in um dr woodard even said that doing that caused probably 95 to 100 percent of those deaths wow right yeah they knew that and, and hospitals that tried to go against it, that staff that said, we knew that was wrong. Um, and when they tried to fight back, those nurses and doctors got fired. Okay. Wow. Have the lawsuit started yet? Or? No. It was oh. mandated policy. Mm. And so in one of the emails from uh, Tony, right? Yeah, Tony. Um, it, it says as much. But wow. in, in he knows it. And then, but he ignored it and said, yeah, we know that people are getting better. However, because, um, and it says something in Bill Gates Foundation, World Health Organization, and another one in one of his emails, we are more interested in pursuing the vaccine route. Well, <laughs> well, if you know, and it says that oxygen, <laughs> say, I, I can't get the word out. Hydroxychloroquine? No. That, that Ivermectin? They, no, no. That they, he said that he knows the ventilators are not the route, um, but that they are more interested um, at this point in pursuing the vaccine route. Well, yes, of course you are, because there's... Money, right, right, money. right, and in perpetuity, right, for that. If they didn't have a lot of people dying in New York, it would have never been believable. And that's where, you know, you have to look at Como and how he put those people in those hospitals, you know, and it's again, they had to have something to show on television 24 7. But at the end of the day, at the end of the year, they just don't have any dead people, is really what the problem is. So, and that's where you, you tie into this agenda idea. And again, this is where Americans need to wake up. There is a war for the mind and hearts of Americans. We have people in this country that absolutely hate our country and they were born here. I have people that right here in uh, Tampa, Florida, and they will tell me that their kids came out of this school, right? Good, good school. They're communists. And when you tell them about China and Russia, they'll go, yeah, but that's just bad communism. Right. Well, wait a minute. Wow. Where is this good communism? <laughs> yeah, where's the good? At? Where is the good? And where can? Why can't we send you there? It's right? never succeeded, by the way. Yes, it's never succeeded. Never. You see, so this is a real world thing. These people are being told we live in the greatest country of the world, and people are absolutely, you know, talking about how horrible we are, and we do have problems, and that's fair. But you can't forget what you have. You know, and this is a whole generation that is just destroying. We're imploding right now with all of these voices that are so negative on America. And now social justice trying to make, you know, a generation that wasn't even responsible 
for whatever happened, somehow they have to pay for the sins of their fathers. And so you have all this hate. It's hate. And that's why love gives free choice. Love gives free speech. And this is what Christians need to stand for. You know, um, I've talked about order out of chaos. How are they going to get this one world government? They've told us order. They'll get their order out of chaos, right? If you have a problem, right, or you have an agenda, right, you create a problem where the solution, right, to the problem is what you wanted to do to begin with. So this is what Agenda 21 is about. This is what the Great Reset is about. These are some of the things that, that we are well known within the Christian circles and around the world that there is a group of people that, again, are trying to create a one world government. Yeah, I was I actually was looking at one world governments today on our favorite friend uh, Google. I actually Googled it. It was I think it was yesterday. I just wanted to see what it said, and it said that um, I looked at, and one of the things it says why was uh, why do we not why are we not currently in a one world government? And it said this: it has been banned in sober because of sober and sensible discussions. Right, that's what it said. Mm-hmm. So are we going away from those discussions or where are you heading with that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we can see, and I think, you know, Americans, if you spend two weeks in any other country, that's all you need to see what we have here is precious. And yet all we see every day long is more hate of America by Americans. And and it's really ridiculous. And uh, so you think about that. You, You, I go back to that quote by Booker T. Washington you know what he went through he really was a slave That's right. you know what he went through to get yeah. his schooling and he says at the end of the day i let no man bring me so low as to hate another man and so that's the whole point. They're trying to use this in a way to make people hate each other and yet the great leaders of this country they didn't found it on on hate. Okay? They found it on what? Love, Love. right? Mm-hmm. Well, I think just because our justice system there's a punitive compensation part of it so I think and I think that's part of it I think that when people think of the term justice right they automatically think of the punitive part and so I think that's what's happening when they think of reparations and I think uh, social justice so they start thinking well there has to be something punitive about it people have to pay right and all they're going to do is punish another generation that wasn't responsible for that again. I mean, if you punish your child for something he didn't do, exactly what is he supposed to learn? Right. right? Exactly. So this, this is where you go. So you so. go back to the COVID vaccine, right? This is the solution. The problem was the chaos that they created through the COVID narrative. Now we have this vaccine. And again, rush to judgment, right? Executive order. There's so many problems here. It's just difficult to even know where to begin. So first of all, vaccines, you know, we have a history. A lot of them are mandatory. You can't go to school. So we have this, you know, narrative that's always ongoing. But again, if you have no risk of dying, right? Here you have an emergency use, okay? Only vaccine. It's not been approved by the FDA. Why would you take an emergency only use vaccine if there is no emergency? And so this is what the Great Barrington Declaration has said with 55,000 doctors. Again, reality is most people do not need a vaccine. They're not at risk of dying from this. And when they take this, um, get natural immunity to this, they could be immune for up to decades. Meanwhile, we're subjected to a new form of vaccination we have never seen before, which is has genetic material in it called mRNA. Now, again, this is an experimental therapy, genetic therapy. It's not a vaccine. That's the first lie. The second thing is there's been very few animal trials, and some of those trials showed some very troubling results. 
The reality is, is that any COVID vaccines have been troublesome, meaning that when they see um, that population exposed to natural COVIDs later, we can see a cytokine storm type reaction or a hypersensitivity reaction to naturally occurring COVIDs. And this also did happen when they tested the mRNA vaccines on mice. So again, they have no liability here. This was rushed to judgment. And again, our own FDA is saying it's an emergency use only, and yet it's like nobody's watching that, right? You, you, what does CNN say? What does any, everybody needs to take this, right? The worst one I heard probably was, you're watching Fox and this cute little girl, she jumps in and basically says, well, if we would just take this, we could let our kids go back to school. And again, wow. again, lies from the moment she yeah. opened her mouth until, you know, till she shut it, really. So, you know what happened yesterday? Sorry, I think I might have just interrupted someone, maybe. No, oh, but so what I did yesterday, or what happened to me yesterday is I go to get my um, prescription for cooties yesterday from, <laughs> from Walgreens, actually. And when I go up to the counter... You, you got something to say about my cooties? No. Rob, so, I didn't know you had that many girl problems. I, I have a few cooties. but no. so, I, so I go to get my prescription, right? And I walk up there and the lady says to me, are you here to get your prescription or to get your vaccine shot? It was, you, you see what I mean? She was, mm. it, it was, that was suggesting yeah. that I get that. I was like, oh, that was pretty slick there. Yeah. You know, that's pretty interesting. And then the other interesting thing is I think we're probably going to go there, but uh, an elderly woman was getting the shot, actually getting the shot. And she goes, does this mean I won't get it anymore? There's no chance of it. And she goes, no, this just kind of reduced. She goes, well, then the old lady, I sort of says, says um, then why am I taking it? Why yes. am I getting it then? Well, it's, And it's, the, the lady looked at her and just was like dumbfounded, didn't know what to say. Right? Yeah, it's pretty bad. Well, I have a nurse friend of mine, and he works uh, with several top surgeons. And, you know, he said three of the people that he worked as surgeons did not know that you can still catch COVID and spread COVID. So the idea that it's a vaccine, right? And then now we're going to discriminate against people that don't get it. Right. And yet you can still catch it and spread it like anybody else. It really becomes kind of silly. So with not counting all the boosters, <laughs> uh, this is 70 over a lifetime, 72 vaccines you know not counting the covid and the boosters mm. that's what they expect you to get from birth right so, right so how many is too many guys mm. how many vaccines right mm. um not counting these covid and all these boosters which by the way i don't know if i mentioned this last week about the boosters and what dr yeden by the way the former r&d president of pfizer in europe r&d department for years what he had to say about those boosters it's a bombshell. Ooh, yeah. But we are going to spend a lot of time bomb, on the bomb vaccine. It's amazing. Mm. It's amazing. Mm, I can't yeah. wait. Yeah, it's really good info. But it is. Like you, know, like you said, it's just shocking that they're pushing this so hard and then turning around and discriminating against people when you're really asking yourself why. They can still catch it and spread it. In my office, I can say that 30% of the people that have caught COVID as far as my employees they've had the vaccine. You know, you have Chile that was in one of its worst outbreaks, right? And again, not just with the number of cases, but the mortality rate in a, in a somewhat accordance of that. And yet they're supposedly at a 60% vaccination rate. Something is wrong here, Absolutely. right? We are being fed something. I'm gonna, the last article we have, we show um, how the, the COVID deaths and mortalities have gone up after they begin to do vaccinations, not down, up. Yeah. So again, these are things that, that just don't make sense. Well, by the way, this, and, so this whole like um, 
the false information of, hey, those masks don't really work, right? Uh, and the ventilators, all this. We're actually using that information that uh, the World Health Organization, uh, Tony, knows and is, has been lying about to set policy, right? To set policy on how we interact with the world, that we can't go back to work, that we close down the world, that has um, bankrupted uh, how many uh, thousands of companies, hundreds of thousands of companies, that people have gone bankrupt. They've lost their home. They've lost their jobs. Over nothing. Right? People have committed suicide over policies that he's enacted that he knew did nothing did nothing well that's why you know you, lies you take this vaccine and you still have to wear a mask it doesn't work right, right? otherwise you're not a good citizen right and the, i mean and even these vaccines that are, you're still gonna get it he knows that these boosters that are not really boosters by the way people they're, they're not boosters uh dr eden i mean that is one of the things we'll talk about it later but they're not actually boosters that you're getting because they're not well people are just so, so the vaccine is just something we do. It's a narrative that's already established. But this is, again, where Christians, we are supposed to be looking at this narrative. And, of course, the big one for me as a Christian is the use of fetal tissue. Now, just to give you the skinny on this, the bottom line is you'll Google this. And I, the worst one I saw was it said, do you have you know fetal tissue in vaccines? And, of course, the first answer was no. And then you're like, well, wait a minute. Why was there so much text? So I read the rest of the text. No, it says no. But then they say, well, it's 30-year-old fetal tissue. 40, yeah. Now, now, how does 30, 40-year-old fetal tissue still not fetal tissue? I mean, that now you know you're dealing with a liar, right? right yeah. And this is exactly the whole point. And so this is what's happening in the world today. And why is abortion in, in fetal tissue important? Well, you think about this in ancient times. They really did sacrifice their children to idols. Oh yeah. Right. So Absolutely. when you think about this, when Stevie Nicks come out and not to single her out, but you know, she says, Hey, you know, if I hadn't had those abortions, we would have never had no, Fleetwood, no Fleetwood Mac. Mac. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? right. And you're like, okay, so our gods that she sacrificed those children to are what? Money. Fame, money and, 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 and riches and all that type of stuff. So these are real false gods that Americans really do struggle with. And so you start to look at this whole thing. And so the good news on these, uh, the, most of the vaccines, I think the, the the Johnson and Johnson. I'm having a little trouble coming up with the. I actually looked that one up, but I'm remembering not remembering exactly. But the mRNA vaccines, they're saying there is no fetal tissue in there. No, as but far that's as the cloned chimpanzee. The, right. No, that's the chimpanzee are. Is the chimpanzee rhinovirus in that one? Right. So, yeah. but what does happen is, is that they used fetal tissue to test it, and yeah. also they used. So when they do these, they, they're called fetal cell lines. They use fetal tissue to test the virus on. So again, you cannot get away from this link. Not a, that doesn't make it okay. Yeah, right. and if you go back to what Alex was saying about the chimpanzee tissue, that, that goes directly to the origin of AIDS movies that you really need to watch. But Well, that was the kidney substrate for the 
polio vaccine. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. So you, you get back into some of this stuff. And now think about this. We, we go to church and we celebrate communion. What does that happen? Well, we're taking and eating. This is my blood. This is my body. My body now right. you want to think about an unholy communion, right? Here people hmm. are being vaccinated and it actually has some fetal tissue there, right? You think about the accomplices. And this is why they're trying to make, you know, abortion part of healthcare because it makes all of us accomplices, right? And the more we can hold off on things like that. Train. So, you know, this is this is absolutely something that is happening, you know? So once you start to look at just that fetal tissue issue alone, this is something that Christians should have, you know, some real questions, some real um, angst against vaccines, period. And yet we don't. We swallow it hook, line, and sinker. And so this vaccine is just setting us up. I have a friend of mine that has told me, Kevin, you're never going to convince me that, you know, the mark of the beast, right, is going to have anything to do with the vaccine. And all that proves to me is, well, that's exactly how I do it then. Mm, wow. <laughs> that's pretty strong. Yeah, that, that's like, and like we said earlier, you know, it, Satan's just not going to put it out there to where, hey, again, here it is. Look at me. Right. I'm the mark. You <laughs> yeah. Know, so, you know, and I was really getting anxious the other day because, I mean, it's hard to study all this stuff. And uh, the verse popped up that day and it said, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow's going to have enough trouble oh, of its own. its own. You know, yeah. but uh, in Luke 14, 1 through 3, God says, let not your heart be troubled because God is in control. Yep. You know, and, and God has also told us some things. As we get to the end times, Haggai 2, 7 says, God has told us that he will shake all the nations, mm -hmm. right? And you think back to Luke 21 that I've already brought up before, but it, it absolutely says there, that men's hearts will fail them for fear for what they see coming on the earth. But what does it say when it talks about the Christians? It says, but we are told to lift up our heads because our redemption is drawing near. There's a completely different reaction that Christians can have. And this is the time where we can show people that we have love, that we have peace, and that we have not lost all of that just because we see these same things, that we have hope because Jesus, Jesus is coming. Yes, he is. And just like mine said, maybe next month, maybe next month. <laughs> you know, and, and our, our motto has to be sure. Yes, we need to pray. There's no doubt about it. And we need to gather and pray. But we need to also pray with an agenda. We need to pray because we, we also see that God, you know, we have a question. We, we are looking for a solution. And there also has to be some answering. I mean, when you think about, you know, ask, seek, and knock, I think so many people, there's some actions involved there that the church needs to become alive. We need to wake up and we need to become politically active in the world's happening in the world. But more importantly than being politically correct, we need to be biblically correct. Right. This is this is where the church is really fallen down. And you think about through is you get like, well, my motto is, you know, it's really a Boy Scout model, right? <laughs> right. Be prepared. Right. But hope for the best and then be prepared. And this is the best way to handle, you know, all these issues is to continue to focus on what can I really do here? Because a lot of this stuff is out of our hands and we are in the hands of God. And the last thing I'll say is that it's just like we talked about last time. The way we can break people out of this is by showing them that we cannot take people's choices away from them. We cannot silence the opposition, right? And most importantly, we can't allow them to silence us. And then we have lives of people that we can represent. All lives matter to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that's why we're different. That's why we have hope and that's why we're doing this podcast. 
Yeah, absolutely. He came to die for every single life. Everyone. Everyone. Yep. So that's all that's all I have. I ran out of notes, Rob. That's it. That's <laughs> it. That's it. Really? You're done talking? <laughs> this is sure. a really good point in my wife's life. Really? <laughs> I don't believe it. Well, I, I think it, I think it went pretty well, and hopefully everyone will come back for episode number three. Why don't you tell us about Soil Ministries a little bit? Okay. Well, Soil Ministries is a uh, really a source of vision and um, and resources to Honduras, and Honduras is the second poorest in our hemisphere, and it can often be the murder capital of the world. And so, this is an area where the Bible asks us to to help the least, and um, so this is my part, my way that I'm trying to be involved in, in things like that. So we have a lot of different projects we do over there. One of them is, uh, of course, feeding the children. We try and do that, you know, close to another ministry to tie into things. But we also have a, um, a girl's home. It's a safe home for girls called Shalom. We have a, uh, a deaf school. We have a school we're trying to build in uh, Euro right now that uh, with got about 70, 80 kids that are coming. And uh, we also have uh, just tons of different ways that you can get involved that we try and hook churches up to individual churches in Honduras to have literally a brother and sister in Christ in Honduras and so we're able to train pastors down there and we do that believe it or not through a lot of Skype I was just talking today how we're trying to get some more internet free internet to some of these areas so that we can learn to communicate with these people so all these things there's just so many places where you can plug in as a Christian but soil ministries dot um, org is uh, is the one that I'm I'm really uh, promoting and uh and I always say they're my sponsor. <laughs> Soilministry.org. Yeah. And then we, we talked, obviously, a lot about prophecy in the book of Revelation today and all that stuff. And you want to talk about prophecy.org also a little bit? Well, uh, I do have a website. It's called prophecydays.com. Mm -hmm. And uh, that covers some of the older stuff that I've done. But we will be updating it soon with some of this stuff. And uh, All Pro Pastors is another organization. And this trying to get together people around the world that are pastors and and sometimes it's a little tougher gig here in America, um, but around the world, uh, Christians are being persecuted and they have no trouble getting together <laughs> and consolidating and, uh, and to try and have initiatives. So we're trying to bring pastors together. And what I'll say about that is it's very hard to tell the world that Jesus loves them when pastors can't learn to love each other. Mm. And so you think about if, if people really saw that, then I think that that would be something that would change the world. And, and, and that's a lot of times what, what I have to work on is learning how to love people better than I do. Yeah, I think we all do. And, and I am seeing a little bit of a push here, I have to say, in the Tampa Brandon area. They did um, just two weeks ago. It was called Together. 38 churches yep. came together on Pentecost. Mm -hmm. So that was that was amazing. So, Alex, what are what are we supposed to tell people to leave reviews or something? How do people, how do we grow this thing, this podcast? What do we do? Oh, well, you know where they can find us um, on iTunes or Charisma Magazine yeah, Podcast yeah. Network. Go ahead if you uh, like this like subscribe review we really appreciate it it helps us a lot we'd really appreciate that but rob you're going to be doing some um some of the podcasts on the holy spirit because i know that's your jam so we have some of those coming up 
So it's not just going to be talking about the COVID beast. We'll also be talking about a lot of great things here. If you want to tell us a little bit about that, that'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. At the church that I pastor at, I've actually done, I want to say seven months now. And I've done everything from, I did a Holy Spirit class one, two, I just finished up, or just, excuse me, I did part one of on angels. It was awesome. And part two, I'm finishing up next month. I've done um, how to cast out demons, um, did a one on hearing God's voice, one on healing. So, you know, again, all these things that so many churches say uh, stopped 2000 years ago, they haven't. They're still around today. And and we're going to be talking a lot about that on those Holy Spirit classes on those those parts of the podcast. So looking forward to hearing it. Yeah, Yeah, it'll be be good stuff. Fun stuff. Good times. Good times. Rob does a lot of stuff on supernatural healing. So you'll definitely want to pay attention when we do some of that stuff, I know that a lot of people, it's a stuff you don't hear a lot about nowadays, so you'll want to pay attention. And Alex is being modest, but she's no, uh, a partner in crime when it uh, comes to uh, healing, too. So <laughs> Got nothing. She's just uh, not saying it. But no, Alex and I have been involved together on uh, several um, healings, so I can't wait to share some of those testimonies, too. You people will love them, I promise. <laughs> we hope. Well, our God is an awesome God, and uh, so we're going to sign off for today, and uh, I just pray that everybody is blessed and again, I hope, you know, while we will talk about difficult things, because we, we can't change what's happening. We can't change the bearing in the sand. You know, like Esther, you were born for this time. You were. Mm-hmm. Not just me, you were. And I just pray that, that the Esther? spirit. Well, Esther, you know that lady in the Bible? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody named Esther listening? What? <laughs> that was a shout out to Esther. <laughs> what up, shout Esther? Shout out, Esther. What up? What, what? <laughs> have a good week, Esther. <laughs> just one listener named Esther. Right. We have one, and her name is <laughs> right. Esther, and she's 100 go, million Esther. years old. Go, 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 Esther. <laughs> All right, guys. We love you. Love you. Thank you. Come Bye, back. Esther. Come back. Come back. Did you have a, like, a comeback thing you do, a sign-out thing? I thought you had a special one. Man, that was so no, funny. I forgot it. Oh, I think I'm, I, I, yeah, no, I, it's, I'm going to blow this pop. That's it. That's it. And mine was, come back. Come back. Have and a great week, Esther. That's it. There you go. Bye. Like that one. All right. See you later. Love yep. you guys. Bye. Bye-bye.